Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, or whenever you happen to be listening to this. This is the final episode of 2023, so Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year, depending on when you're listening to this, but if you're listening to this on release, this is Christmas Day if you happen to celebrate, and in doing so, I am reviewing the last of the DCEU films, Aquaman and The Last Kingdom, and I am joined by my good friend, one of the film realists, Chris Pagonis. Hello. Hey, ho. Or ho, ho, ho. Yeah, I don't know what we're going with. That's fine. All right. So it is a jam-packed episode. This has been a long time coming. It's been requested that I do a tier list of all of the DCEU. So because of what we're recording this on, Chris cannot see the actual tab. Actually, wait, you're on a computer. I'll post the link in here and you can view it as I edit it. So you should have it there in the chat. It's always a work in progress, everybody. So it is, for the tier list, you will eventually see this in some form of image or there will be a video clip con- completely truncating the video down. The tier list is S, A, B, C, D, F. And whenever I do these, I am compartmentalizing the franchise or universe in its own tier list this isn't comparing it to other properties of any kind it's all within this and this is my tier list chris is obviously going to react that's why he's here for this so we're going to do that and then we're going to review aquaman the lost kingdom in a non-spoiler section and then in spoilers no worries there of course will be time codes listed in the description and then to round the show out i have a brief idea of what i'm going to be doing in the new year but but that's not set in stone. So without further ado, let's get into the official film realist DCEU tier list. The time has come. Take up your mother's trident. So we're going to be going chronologically. from So starting with the very first film again, and I'm looking forward to how Chris is going to react to how I'm <laughs> listing this because this is half the fun. And so the first film in the universe is Man of Steel. I think it does everything this universe did well. And so from the get-go, I'm putting Man of Steel in S. Again, this is the DCEU tier list. All of the other stuff is going to be on its own thing. And so as somebody who is, as we're recording this, wearing a Zack Snyder toque, I don't think that the DCEU for the most part, ever did anything better. So with with that, I'm also going to say that I think Batman versus Superman, the ultimate edition, the director's cut for this is especially important because the theatrical release cut all of the important information out. I'm also going to put that in S. The next film was Suicide Squad, which was absolutely brutalized in the edit. And this is what happens when you write a script in five minutes i feel bad for everybody involved because i think there was a lot of excitement for what this film could be but ultimately david ayer was not allowed really to make the film he wanted to because of the fan reception to the two previous installments and i don't think the suicide is very good but i don't think it's the worst the universe has had to offer so far so i'm gonna put it in d that's where i'm gonna put suicide squad The next is arguably the best film amongst, I would say, mass fans and audiences, which was 2017's Wonder Woman, which I thoroughly enjoyed. I know Chris really hates the third act. (laughs) It's two movies put into one. That's my problem. It's two. Yeah. Even said, I'm going to put Wonder Woman in A. A. Wow. I'm going to put it in A. So I think... It's safe to say that I think the earliest films in the franchise are probably the best it ever was. And so the next film is the theatrical cut of Justice League or the Justice Cut F. Like there's no (laughs) there's nothing needs to be said about Justice League. It's not great. It's not good. Anything you like from it. We'll talk about in a in a later installment in this universe. The next was Aquaman. The only film in the entire universe to gross over a billion dollars. That number was the magic number for Warner Brothers, allegedly. Um, 
It's some of the massive changes in the universe because Batman versus Superman did not make a billion. Allegedly, it's pretty much been confirmed, but that's neither here nor there. I think Aquaman is fine. It's the funnest version of Jason Momoa as that character. I don't think it's great. It is very, it's a popcorn flick that these films really weren't going for. So with that, I'm going to put it in C. Next installment was Shazam. I really like Shazam. I think the elements the of, was yeah. big and Superman. I think it works really well. I wasn't a huge fan of immediately going straight to the Shazam family. It's fun in the conclusion, but overall, I think Zachary Levi was a great Shazam. Uh, my brain just went to mush with the name. I want to say it's Asher Angel is his name. It is Asher Angel. Wow, I pulled that out of nowhere. I'm going to put Shazam also in A. I really like it. I think it perfectly captures that level of scary and amblin nature that it was really going for like outside of modern effects it I'll easily agree could that it was it was fun and yeah. it was what more of the dc movies needed to be yeah well it, yeah for certainly it it successfully managed to balance a tone that none of them have done uh since then birds of prey and the fabulous fabulous what is it <laughs> i have to zoom in on this and the fabulous emancipation of emancipation. one harley quinn I really like this film. It is, as you said earlier, it is a bunch of different movies all in one, but the ensemble was great. The conclusion's not necessarily one of my favorites in the universe, but having Obi-Wan Kenobi as Black <laughs> Mask was super entertaining. And just in, in terms of exploring the grittier aspects of the Gotham universe that we had been given, I'm going to put it in B. I think getting more Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn is always something to enjoy. I think if you name that movie differently, if it wasn't called Birds of Prey, it would be a higher movie. It would have grossed higher. It would have it's been true. Well, much... they did change the title to, yeah. I think, just like Birds of Prey, Harley. Like it changed multiple times in its run. Yeah. So next is Much Maligned. And that is Wonder Woman 84, released during the pandemic. It is a throwback to the Donner era of Superman films. It's a mess. There are elements I like about it. I think the biggest issue I have is being in the 80s just because. Because the decade has become so popular with nostalgia. Stranger Things amongst that. While I don't love it, I don't think it's the worst this universe has had to offer. So I feel similarly about it as I do with Suicide Squad. There are elements I like, but it is nowhere near what that character is capable of doing. And having Steve Trevor come back just because yeah. I thought was really disappointing. And looking at the career Pedro Pascal has had since then, it's a waste of Pedro Pascal. Next is... Zack Snyder's Justice League. I'm not going to I'm going to it's it's a for me. It's the version of the movie you wanted. It is absolutely way too long. That's fine. <laughs> but in terms of it being the epic conclusion to Zack's run in the universe, if you did like the versions of the characters you got, which I did. Getting to see Dark Side and really explore Ray Fisher's cyborg character who was completely cut out of the theatrical cut. I really enjoy this and there's parts of it that I thoroughly enjoy going to specifically the best time travel from the flash, which we'll get to later. Uh, do you have anything to say about Zack Snyder's justice league? I prefer not to say stuff about Zack. <laughs> <laughs> you know how I feel about Epic movies. I'm not That's the true. biggest fan of Epic movies. So when this mm -hmm. came out, I know that you were all about it and it just, it just, it wasn't for me. I, I, don't get me wrong, I do not like Joss's version, mm -hmm. but uh, this didn't do for me what what it does for some people, mm -hmm. um, and I think it just it just loses me in that. If you're going to do an epic, you need to be doing a little more for me, and this just I think wasn't that's it. fair. Sure. Uh, next is the now Kevin Feige of the DC universe. That is the Suicide Squad. I think this film is good. There are certain elements that I know we saw this together that James Gunn, I would say, leans in more so for this that you could argue are crutches of his films. Um, specifically for me, the soundtrack use does not work very well. I think it's fun. 
I like seeing Starro and the ridiculousness of the the universe. I'm going to put it in B. It's certainly better than Aquaman, continuing the trajectory of where the DC universe goes. Not super a fan of or the DCE universe, but I I would I'd be crazy to say it's worse than some of the other films in here. So next is I know I'm in the minority for this. I don't think this is the only television series of the DCEU. And it makes the lead character or in a in a, a supporting character from Suicide Squad, a now lead character. And I enjoyed the wackiness of it, but ultimately I just don't think it works. I know I'm in the minority with this and that's okay, but it's Peacemaker. I'm going to put that in C. I like getting ground level stories in the superhero universes, but this was not one that worked for me. If it did for you, I know that that's a positive, but other than that, it's, it's fine. It's not great. So for that, for See, I'll agree with, I'll agree with you there. I find it too one note. Like it's just, mm-hmm. it just is, it works for an episode. It doesn't work for a whole season for me. And I don't think that the series works that well. The next is the hierarchy of power in the DC universe was never going to be the same in that we got Henry Cavill back for five seconds and then, oh, just kidding. He's not Superman anymore. That's Black Adam. I think Black Adam is. Unfortunately, if you had given me a movie where we really got to explore the rock playing a bad guy again, the best performance out of the rock i would say in my personal opinion i think you would agree with me on this chris is when he was hobbs the first time in fast five like truly being an antagonist and this to me just it's an indicator of dc being completely rudderless at the time which is you had shazam i'm okay with black adam even having his own movie have him go like defeat the justice society and tease an eventual fight with the his actual nemesis in Shazam and I do not like this movie the fact that it didn't understand how Dr. Fate's powers work absolutely drove me insane it's for me it, there are elements that are fun I like getting to see characters from the Justice Society Hawkman was great played by Aldous Hodge but Tornado and Adam Smasher are in a CW show it's a D it's just, it's a nothing. It's, it has nothing I want to revisit. It uses paint it black, which is honestly kind of comical now. And so I'm going to put it there. The next, ironically, is the sequel to Shazam, which doesn't work. Unfortunately, I think there are some interesting elements. Continuing to explore the realm of the Greek gods is something that you can do with that mysticism element of Shazam. But ultimately, I think it just fails to do anything that the first one did successfully. So I'm also going to put Shazam Fury of the Gods in D. Now, then the next release was The Flash. And The Flash is a complete mixed bag of a lot of bad and a lot of good. I recently had a conversation with one of the listeners on Twitter, Jermaine, which is the actual Barry storyline, I think, is great. The problem is, is the movie doesn't make that the absolute focus. We were working with a multiverse story with what elements can we use? It's not Flashpoint, which would have been really exciting. It's not a true Flash film because we get elements from Man of Steel. We get Michael Shannon not wanting to be there at all. We don't get a fight with the reverse Flash. I actually don't mind Dark Flash. I think it's an interesting reflection on Barry's constant need to solve something he feels responsible for. But, and we get a Michael Keaton, who's not canonically the Michael Keaton from the Burton universe. And we got Sasha Kale, who's not going to continue to be Sasha Kale. Not that I'm holding that against the film, but she's not given enough to do. And so because, and obviously without acknowledging it, Ezra Miller and their unfortunate issues that became quite public, The film is a complete mixed bag. I do like a lot of the Flash stuff, but then again, there's some really insane, terrible visuals. So I think I'm just kind of talking out loud. I like it more than anything in D, 
I think I'm going to put it in C. I think that's fair. It's it's unfortunate that the Scarlet Speedster's first full theatrical outing as the lead wasn't a knockout success, but I give Andy Muschietti a lot of credit for jumping on a sinking ship and bailing out as much water as humanly possible. So, the and then we have a film I was very much looking forward to. I Chris and I have this funny joke where I'm called Hollywood Nostradamus and my prediction turned out to be accurate, which was Sholo Mera Duena wound up playing Blue Beetle. I like this movie a lot. I think its simplicity really allows the characters to thrive. It being a, from what I've read, again, what I would not be somebody who would have a ton of exposure to this, but its representation of the Latinx community, particularly in the way that all of the different family members interact, the use of their culture amongst a lot of gentrification, particularly in big cities, was quite accurate from what I've read. And Blue Beetle as a character, specifically with Jaime Reyes, is such a fun character. Him being a a reluctant Iron Man Jr., for lack of better description, I think is a lot of fun. I'm really hoping we get to see more from the Blue Beetle universe, particularly with Ted Kord, who is the second Blue Beetle, who has a significant relationship with Booster Gold, who was announced to have a series in the DCU. I really enjoyed Blue Beetle. I don't think it can be somewhere with the other A-tier films, but I certainly think it deserves to be in B among Suicide Squad and Birds of Prey. And I'm going to leave Aquaman for after the review because that would kind of ruin the review. So I'm going to leave that there and I will do a recap at the very end with everything listed in there. So... That took 15 minutes. Let's get into Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Perhaps you should leave and let someone who knows what they're doing be king. So dramatic. Okay, so they made a movie. Uh, It (laughs) happens to star Jason Momoa and Patrick Wilson. And this is the non-spoiler section, so we're not going to get into plot details. We're not going to say how much Amber Heard is actually in the movie. Uh, we saw this together and with uh, my father, David Naranya, and he came up with a metaphor that you thought was a complete apt description of the movie, which was what, it again? Just, it summarized the, the movie very perfectly. So he stated that, imagine you're at a pizza place and you get a large 16-slice pizza every single slice is different and only one or two of those slices is any good. Yeah. (laughs) It's I, what's I found. So I came up with an analogy for this as we were watching it, which is it's Aquaman deep world, which I'm comparing that to Thor, the dark world, where if you had bullet points for what happens without getting into specifics, I think it would look good as a story point, like story, it's like this happens. Okay, great. That connects to boom, connects to this, connects to this. The issue that I have in particular with the movie is one, there's not really any character arcs to speak of, which is abnormal because the bread and butter of these comic book characters is the simplicity in the arcs and the fact that there are essentially none in the movie so you're just kind of watching the metaphor that i thought of while watching this was like the jungle book the the animated film from 1967 which is for a lot of for people who don't know the original the uh, jungle book short stories were just Mowgli on a bunch of it uh rudyard kipling was just on a bunch of adventures and that's what this is. It's Aquaman does a thing and then Aquaman goes, does a new thing. And then Aquaman go, go goes and does another thing. And one of the things that I found most disappointing, again, we're not going to talk into spoilers is that we barely spend any time in the ocean, which again, from a budget standpoint, neither of us is going to sit here and go, well, why is in the whole, it's got to be so expensive to do that. But he's, Aquaman or uh, he's yeah he's the mermaid man and there is no barnacle boy but it is just everything thrown at the screen in its simplest fashion 
and the visuals at times are fun. Patrick Wilson and Jason Momoa do have a great, I mean, it's technically, I don't know why I struggled with that. They are half brothers, but their relationship really does fit brothers from different families. And I think that's an element that they absolutely nailed, particularly with what the, what was the result of the first film. But because of off camera things, there's barely any scenes between Amber Heard and Jason Momoa. We get some good stuff with tomorrow Morrison and Jason Momoa. But as I said, it's just kind of stuff happens. I think the only character that has a succinct story is Black Manta. <laughs> right? Yeah, Which you you see in the trailers, do, yeah. right? He gets the Black Trident. He's on a mission. Okay, great. He's on a mission of revenge. So at least he has progression into what he wants to do. And that's just kind of it, right? Like we get to see in the trailers again, we've seen this, like we revisit places that are, it's the, I think what bothers me most, and it's just come to me now, in terms of how this movie is structured, it is the same movie as the first one, but worse in every regard. Yeah, right? It's absolutely. it's ra- it's random journey. Okay, we go here, we go here, we go here, and then we fight in the ocean. But it lacks any of the interesting stakes. And then, without getting into specifics again, the movie has the same kind of ending as Falcon and the Winter Soldier, where it's like moral message. You're like, um, I and again. I'm not somebody who and neither of us is going to complain about politics being a part of superheroes. They've always been there, but typically it's been addressed in a more mature and succinct fashion. And when it just comes, when somebody just stands on a soapbox at the end of the film or the television series, like, well, that actually would have been a really interesting thing for somebody to explore. Like this guy of two worlds trying to be the king of one and then maybe a superhero to the the human oh no we're not gonna oh okay we're just we're not gonna do that at all chris nobody can hear you shaking your head or nodding (laughs) i'm just i'm just so baffled like you're you're saying everything that needs to be said though because it's just like what what it was just such a mess right and the only thing that i can sort of add to it is just exposition 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 if you rely on that much exposition exposition to get through a comic book movie then i really worry because it was so much um voiceovers and trying to explain everything that didn't need to be explained three or four times like, and you were saying the moral at the end, it was reiterated like four or five times. And it's just like, why am I watching this? Yeah, it's, it's baffling to me because particularly I'm, I've pulled up the screenwriters here really quickly. And again, James Wan has been an auteur, 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 auteur. He's been an otter in the he's an otter he's an otter in the uh, somebody please make that as an image that would be really funny um <laughs> in in the horror genre and i'm not somebody who necessarily enjoys this french or this franchise that genre you know this to be true i have seen all of the conjurings and at least the continuity with the, within those has been very well executed as well as the insidious franchise he's one of the co-creators of saw and I'm very curious for him. Everything that I've liked that James Wan has done, none of those elements are in here. It's very interesting to me because Dave Sam Sandenberg, who did Shazam, also cut his teeth in horror. And you get to see that balance played really effectively, particularly in Shazam. And then James Wan has worked through adversity before, I would be remiss without mentioning what he had to do with Furious 7 and the passing away of Paul Walker and managing to make that a succinct film in the Fast and Furious franchise that retired a character respectfully and with grace and then has... I've I've reviewed Fast X, so we don't need to 
trudge down <laughs> that path. But it just feels like he was attached to the movie and he made the movie. He made whatever movie and just the passion he's he has had behind other projects just does not seem to be present. Even in visuals, there was I know this film shot through the pandemic, but there was so much just bad green screen and environments that are so un uninspired where it's jungle desert atlantis looks cool i think the 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 bioluminescence in the environment is really cool i've liked that and it actually feels like a place unlike the atlantis or it's not called or um what wherever namor lives in wakanda forever where it's just everything is and i get it's more realistic and not but bioluminescence is a thing that actually does exist in depths of the ocean because it has to because of there's no sun down there but it's i'm really disappointed in you could have at, so you and i have agreed on this i think most people who watch the mcu critically would agree with this that the best film the mcu ever made was captain america the winter soldier and it's one of the only films to actually address like politics and have it done through a matured lens that the other films and franchises have just not they failed to meet that bar and as i mentioned earlier you could have this moral message wrapped around aquaman the fact that jason momoa in his real life is looking to create more reusable products and the oceans are obviously there's an issue with climate change uh if you don't want politics in this podcast, then I guess this isn't the one for you, but uh, not that what I don't care, but having a guy who is king of the oceans again, this story just seems like we, we got one idea and didn't bother to come up with more. Yeah. There's definitely a uh, disconnect somewhere along the way, whether, and specifically in the writer's room, whether that came about because they said, you know what, the DCU is is being taken apart and will we'll restart if everyone just threw their hands up and said, I don't care. Or if they tried their hand at AI writing part of this. I don't know. But somewhere along the way, people just stopped sort of trying. There was a lot thrown out. Like it's almost like James had like four movies planned and then they canceled them. So he just put it all in this, but only like for a minute each thing. Or if they gave someone else a shot to try to do some stuff. I don't know if someone was cutting their teeth to this or what it was, but it didn't make sense. It came off like it didn't come off like one of his films in any way, shape or form. So, and, yeah, and I, I'm confused. What's baffling, too, and uh, we can wrap up non-spoilers and then get into specifics, is that. I am by no means a fan of David Zaslav, who's currently running Warner because of what they've chosen to not release. And even as somebody who liked the flash, but the flash costs like who knows how much hundreds of millions of dollars and it got pushed out. And then this film, which had no marketing, obviously the strike was happening, but then it's like, okay, make three TikToks, And there's our, like, obviously they're not spending the marketing on the movies, but it just, baffles me even more that what the DCU had with Zack Snyder and I'm not again I I enjoyed his films more than a lot of the other ones we've talked about that in a tier list ranking but if, if we've had conversations about the pros and cons of all those films but at least with the three he worked on there was a succinct, succinct vision and tone and as the DCEU continued and it just seemed like who will make a movie for us that movies that would have had rewrites or potentially changes at the creative stages to prevent these things from getting made. It was it's ironic because to compare it to the Marvel thing, and this has become sort of an issue, it's become an issue for Marvel as well, which was like Iron Man was being written as they were filming it. And then that became the way that they made their films and it worked out to some degree, but then eventually they realized they needed scripts. And then they apparently forgot that for five years because look at the Disney plus television shows, but Batgirl got canceled or written off for tax purposes. And then I get Jason Momoa Aquaman made a billion dollars, but 
the confidence to put this out, I find absolutely baffling. And I'm like, we had talked about this prior to going to see it. I wanted to like it. And you just gave me nothing like a substance. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to be just crapping on the movies in general, but like, I like Jason Momoa as Aquaman. I think that's a really fun casting for a character who historically has absolutely been a joke. He really does fit in line with me with the Justice League and Justice League Unlimited version of that character, much more in the Arthurian lore myth like King Arthur. He is King Arthur Curry of Atlantis. But this movie and The Flash and Black Adam are examples of the superhero fatigue where it's just it's presented in. Well, yeah, if you're going to give me like and. I'm sure everybody from the bottom up to some degree, maybe not writing and directing, but in terms of the key grips, everybody working on the set was doing everything that they could because these things don't get made without everybody putting in all their effort. But at the creative stage, why were these decisions allowed to be the final ones? That's to me what's most baffling. Yeah, and it goes back to like, did they just not care anymore? Like, were they are they just trying to get it out of the way and just release it? Like, I don't understand not shelving something like this or doing another pass through it. Like, it just seems like they just wanted to get it out of the way. That's all I can think of for it. But I mean, you and I have liked some terrible movies in the past. And we'll fully admit, you know, they might not be the best movies, but they were fun. Or, you know what, they did certain things correct. This just didn't, and we wanted it to. We were hoping that this one would be the one that did that, and it just didn't. Yeah, I think we can get into more into that into spoilers. So, I mean, if you want to go see Jason Momoa on the big screen again as this character for the final time, sure, you can go ahead. But even if you liked the first one a lot, you're de- you're not getting the same return, which is unfortunate. But I can kind of explain and. I don't want to get into this state of this didn't do this, so therefore it's bad. But I think because, as you said, did everything, which I'm going to get into, I think cutting a lot and simplifying this would have worked a lot better. So we're going to jump into spoilers and I will explain. Yeah. Good job, little brother. High five. So we're in spoilers for Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. So I'm going to we've done this before off the show in general, uh, I guess for, for history buffs of the podcast, there was a version of film realist five years ago where Chris and I were on the show together. It was the golden age. It was before the pandemic, <laughs> but then life we're gets so naive. Of, I know we were, I think what's hilarious is our, I think our first episode was solo. Oh, was it? I think it was, wow. but then life gets in the way and Chris godfathered me the, 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 the name and whatnot. So, And so as I always forget to do this now that Chris is here, the theme song for the podcast is from Chris's band. You versus me and your music is still on Apple music and Spotify. So you can find it there. Uh, I love raise the dead. I think that's my favorite song. You guys have. (laughs) It's awesome. And okay. So getting into the specifics, uh, I said this just before we got into that about simplicity being this movie's friend. I think you could have in a I'm just going to say second draft because who knows. And so we talked about without getting into specifics. So he has at the end of the film, I'm going to I'm going to state the ending and then backtrack into how I think you could have simplified this significantly to make the end goal matter. Okay, is that. He, they can the world is getting hotter as a result of Black Manta using this ancient king's what's his name? Uh create Kordax. So that's a deep cut DC piece of lore that I didn't even know. So this ancient energy source that created greenhouse gases and could have easily destroyed the world. And so Black Manta is using that because he wants he is being possessed by the black trident to release this army so he can kill all of of Atlantis. Okay. And so there was this element of global warming in the film, which I think is fine. Like I'm again, climate, I'm not a climate change denier. 
the fact that I only have like half an inch of snow and it is go- it's two days before Christmas. I hate it. I want to be playing in the snow with my kids. I don't like that. That's the case. Um, obviously, all the other things, hurricanes and tornadoes, obviously, as a result of this suck. But I want to see if you're on the same page with me. We see that Arthur is having a very hard time as a king. I'm shocked that and typically the some of the best superhero stories are the villain is a negative reflection of me, right? Like opposite sides of the same coin where if in the writing stage, I think what they should have done was, okay, we want to have this message about unity and connection. And I think I like the fact that they have the element of Arthur butting heads with like the, the parliament of Atlantis. I think that is a good thing to see. It's like he's, he's struggling, right? He's a, he's the, son of a lighthouse guy of Boba Fett, right? Like, yeah, he comes from nobility, but it's not like he's been trained to be a king. And so I like that element where I think this should have been a much more personal story for Arthur, where he's struggling to be his, be this king. And at the meantime, black Manta is this other king who regardless of evil clearly had complete control over his army of walking dead zombies. And so there, you could have had a significant amount of comparisons to this while also talking about the devastation that true power gives. And you could have act, potentially actually had Arthur struggling with something, which he doesn't throughout the entire movie. There's never any moment of self-reflection. And the film tries it at the very end, but I think it's too late where we should have had a turn of Orm much earlier, but like, and I get black Manta is a big character. I don't want to diminish that character, but I've always enjoyed the brother relationship so much more in the Aquaman franchise. And if Orm had become the, uh, the Kordax, the black Triton King, because Kordax and Atlan were brothers, as George Lucas says, it's, it's, it's all about symmetry. It's all about poetry. And some people might argue that that would be revisiting an element of the first film, but I think if you still want to get to the conclusion of them truly feeling like they are brothers for each other, having it in one scene at the ending isn't a good payoff. But if we spent half the film with Arthur struggling to want to save his brother because of his relationship with, with Nicole Kidman, I think it manages to get across everything the movie's trying to do, but fails. What do you think? So if, if they're not canceling this current DC universe, do you not see him taking on the black trident and them continuing this movie? That that's the end of the movie right there. And then the third movie is the resolution of this, not a, a quick wrap up at the end there. See, I, I, and I think that they, they glossed over too many things and they just wrapped it up. And you're exactly right. Like, why would you even touch on that if you're not going to utilize it properly, right? It's such a huge, huge moment. And they just they just sort of are, they, they wrap it up and get through it so quickly. And it, it doesn't make sense because that is amazing. That, that leads itself to a third movie that's incredible. Him against his brother again, his brother possessed. How do you get through these armies? What's happening to the world? It's But it comes down to the exact same thing you're talking about, simplicity, right? If you just break it down to that, um, a king frees his brother to try to save the realm, the brother turns evil, great, there you go, all right? And then you're trying to save and family for the next one, whatever. But a struggling king who struggles for half a minute, but then seems to figure it all out, but says that he's struggling, but has it all figured out, and then decides to do stuff without even consulting the rest of them as though he's not struggling. Like, it didn't make any sense to just go that way, right? So if you're going to throw it away, fine. But, like, I feel like they're almost lying to us. Like, don't pretend that this is the movie that you wanted to make and everything like that. Tell us, like, no, this isn't what we wanted. Unfortunately, this is what we're we're stuck with, though, you know? Well, and speaking of not wanting it to be the movie that they wanted to make. So Amber Heard does have a fair amount of scenes with Jason Momoa. There have been rumors that they necessarily didn't have the best chemistry as a result of real world events. But 
I'm I, I'm happy to say that at no point did I feel that their chemistry from the previous films was any way affected in this. I like the fact that because Mara is this independent hydrokinetic like powerhouse and specifically other versions of her where she actually trains like other Atlanteans to be soldiers for the armies and whatnot. I think they 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 definitely um, they don't fridge her. She gets significantly injured and then comes back for the climax. But again, James Wan saying like he's always wanted this to be the brother's story. To me, that rings especially hollow in that we don't get enough conflict between them. Absolutely. Right? And like, did, did you not feel that Amber Heard was missing for the first like 15 minutes of that movie though? The first like it was 15, Arthur, the first 15, Arthur yes. and his baby. It was yeah. just Arthur and his baby. And for the first like 15, 20 minutes, I thought, Oh, they did cut her out of this movie. Mm-hmm. And then she comes in hard. So I, it yeah. just felt like they tried to at the beginning, but then they were like, Oh, we've got a lot of fight scenes with her. We have to bring her back in. Well, and like, this I, movie- I found it weird. And this movie also has three non-death scenes. Yeah, yeah. And and again, like, it's... I was... I, this was a prediction I never actually put out because I, I was thinking specifically to an episode of Justice League where, as a result of Orm, Aquaman, or Arthur, has to cut his hand off to save his son. And the baby doesn't really play into the story. It's like an early 2000s sitcom where, oh, right, we have the baby comes up at the end. <laughs> but again it's i yeah i going back and again i have never i mean i've written one script it was for space jam 2 um i've read it every, it's great thank you uh <laughs> but this being everything i think in the state of when this was produced even if you don't think you're getting a third one what's it is one of the things and i don't want to be constantly going back and forth this but in the heyday of the mcu i think most people even as a fan myself included was kevin feige said whatever your best idea is you should use it don't save it for later and having the brothers go back and forth and it being something not it doesn't have to be what i said but having if the relationship between the two brothers is important to you as it's presented somewhat in the movie, then that should have been the focus and it's not. And for that, you get this. And I like black Manta. I like Yaya as that character. I think he was cast really well. The guy looks awesome in the, the costume is incredible. I like Mm -hmm. that especially, but or Orm or Arthur's Joker, his nemesis is Orm black Manta is He's done some stuff, but if you're going to have both of them, you should ultimately have some conflict and resolution with Orm. At the very end, him being like, well, you died. And we had the one scene where we were battling for the Trident. Like everything is, it's quick. It's very minuscule in terms of the stakes because we had a factory that was killing the planet while that's gone. Oh, we've got this massive army to deal with. Well, we've got four people. We've got, Ivan Drago, Gimli from Lord of the Rings, and we've got Mera and uh, Randall Park. Uh, what was his name in Ant-Man? What was his, his name was Jimmy Woo. Right? Like, that's it. Uh, John Reese davies very funny. I, I liked him as the big crab guy. Uh, Dolph yeah. Lundgren being in this is fun. I liked his character from the previous one. But, yeah, it's pun intended for this the film throws everything at you but there's no depth now could you reverse justice league this could you cut this down and make it a better film no i don't think so because of how little is there right like fair enough if if the film was like three hours long i think you and i could go okay we can kind of cut out all the black mana stuff and just make it warm and arthur but we get so much david kane stuff which i think is Black Manta. Yeah, David Kane. Black Manta stuff that it's it's not there's too much and too much happening. It's everything is happening, but it's all surface level stuff. Yeah. That's the problem. Well, it'd, be, it'd be interesting to see what they did film for this whole thing, because if that's all they filmed, then there's nothing there. If there's more on the cutting room floor, then absolutely you can get something else out of this. 
I'd be, yeah, I would be curious to see if there, like, if there's 20 more minutes, does that make a difference? Like, I'm typically one for if the movie was longer, I'd like to see the longer version because then I can, on my own, be like, okay. It depends what makes it longer, right? Because the whole end of this movie, you're literally watching and saying, oh, well, Black Panther already did this and they did it much better. So why are you even trying? Why are you going this route? You already have DC being compared to the MCU. So the last thing you want to do is do a direct comparison and be able to put people, allow people to put the two next to each other and be like, this was not done as good as this one, mm-hmm. right? With a nation coming out to the world and blah, 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 blah. Like it's, it's, it's. I hadn't even thought un- of that yet, but yeah, that's true. They did that five years ago. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and I, I get, it's, it's, ugh. It's just, it's nothing. It's it, I like I've, it's not so bad. It's good, which is again, disappointing. Cause even sometimes those are fun to explore. That's I was we joking with for. you. I was joking with you before we saw this, like we wanted Morbius to be that. And it wasn't. Although seeing the trailer on the big screen for Madam web, I think we might be ready. There uh. might be one. coming. <laughs> so we will see that in the, um, in the near future. I, um, that will do it for spoilers for Ant-Man or Ant-Man <laughs> Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. It's fine. It's it's not and it's not fine. It's a movie. It's it yeah. does what it wants. Um, all right. So, yeah. So to wrap up, this wraps up the 2023. I know I said this on the last episode, but 2023 was a huge year for the podcast. There was substantial growth in the listener base. Uh, a lot more interactivity from the listeners, specifically on Spotify, which I really appreciate. Makes it fun for me. Tell, shows me that people are listening. I uh, on so you wouldn't have heard this on the Wonka episode because I had already recorded Rebel Moon with Stephen uh, ahead of time. So Chris, you can also answer these questions because these were part of the most recent episodes. So on the Wonka episode, my question of the week was, "What is?" I just realized I wrote this wrong, but that doesn't matter. What is you favorite kind of chocolate, uh, dark milk or white, just out of curiosity, Scotty Cameron, you are awesome. You typically respond. I think you've responded to everything in the last four months, which is awesome. Thank you, Scotty Cameron. Scotty said dairy free, dark chocolate because I have a dairy allergy. Well, I'm glad you have found chocolate that you like that allows you to eat it. Um, Stephanie said milk chocolate, but with toffee or almonds in it. So. Not a pure chocolate, but that's okay. Chris, what is your favorite kind of chocolate? I like I like the chocolate with the center that kind of melts the Lindor uh, stuff. I, I don't those really things care are so good, type, yeah. right? Like as long as it's got that, it's like a bonus. Ah, I just love it so much. Give me the white, give me the milk, give me the dark. I'm good. Yeah, it's true. I like all of the Lindor ones. And then on the Rebel Moon Part One, a Child of Fire review with Stephen Colbert. Uh, the question was simple. What is your favorite snack? Zack Snyder film. Scotty Cameron responded with Watchmen and Zack Snyder's Justice League. I'm curious, Chris, because I don't think I know this answer. What is your favorite Zack Snyder film? My favorite Zack yeah. Snyder film? Uh, Watchmen. Watchmen. I think Watchmen gets better with time. It's it's aged actually really well, believe it or not. Um, yeah. I, yeah I, but I love. Yeah, that's all I'm going to say. I know people don't really like that. Uh his cut that much but i i enjoy it if you haven't seen it and zach has even said this i think it's fun to watch the ultimate cut which includes the black freighter animated elements in it but the director's cut i think is the best version you were going to get of the actual graphic novel of course the television series was absolutely incredible but from this actual graphic novel i think it's the best you're going to get from that I think mine's Batman versus Superman, the ultimate. I mean, no surprise. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. So, all right. And so I'm going to speed through this really quickly, as I said I was going to. So from top down in S ranking, I have Man of Steel, Batman versus Superman, Ultimate Edition. In A, I have Wonder Woman, Shazam, Zack Snyder's Justice League. In B, I have Birds of Prey, The Suicide Squad, Blue Beetle. In C, I have Aquaman, Peacemaker, and The Flash. In D, I have Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman 84, Black Adam, Shazam Fury of the Gods, and Justice League. And Aquaman and Lost Kingdom, unfortunately, it gets an F. 
it's a lot of stuff, but ultimately leads to nothing, which is unfortunate. Um, if I'm going to, it's a Google slide, so I can't share my actual tier maker for this, but uh, I might construct one on tier maker so you can make your own and share them with the podcast. The act, the podcast is on blue, all the social medias. They're all linked in the link tree. So you can look for them there for any version of interaction. I respond to all my direct messages and you, it's the best way of finding out what's coming out with the podcast. The first episode of the new year will be my top 10 of 2023. I wanted to get that done for this week, but unfortunately I didn't have time. There are a couple other films that I haven't had a chance to see yet. I can let you know maestro. I haven't had a chance to watch yet. Uh, Jermaine, I will be watching the killer. And I also want to see the musical remake of The Color Purple to wrap up the year so I can do that. I have seen Iron Claw, but because I was able to get Chris on the podcast, I this was going to be a long enough episode. So if I haven't, if it has not had a reviewed episode, there will be a mini review if it's included in the top 10 or even if it's not. So you can look forward to that. There will be an episode on january no that's not right january 1st so there will be a new year's day episode to look forward to but as said this is releasing on christmas day so if you celebrate christmas merry christmas if you don't happy holidays i hope the rest of your 2023 is great and i look forward to seeing you in the new year chris thank you for taking the limited time you have with your while your kids are sleeping (laughs) thanks for having me out happy holidays merry christmas everyone that this has been the film realist. I'm Kyle Naranya. See you.